Hey team, welcome to the off-season. The off-season is an exploration of athletic health, recovery, and performance told through stories of athletes and their medical and training team. I hope you enjoy. Now for a quick but mandatory medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of naturopathic medicine or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this material is at user's own risk. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they may have and should seek assistance from their trusted healthcare professional for any condition. This podcast does not speak on behalf of naturopathic medicine and does not represent the views of the profession as a whole. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm sitting down with John Chu, who is a pro snowboarder out in Banff. So I used to watch this guy snowboard way back in the day at St. Mary's University. I was at Dal and a few friends of ours connected and these guys were crazy. They were doing crazy jumps uh, and going to classes in between. And so he ended up being a pro snowboarder in Banff and we just chat about that lifestyle and what it's like. And I love the extreme sports scene. I'm always into X Games and watching snowboard in the Olympics and um, it's always fun to talk to a fellow lover of the sport. John Pichu, what's going on buddy? Zero things. Zero things. Zero things? Not no, a thing in the yeah. world? Uh, I mean ski hills are open here. That's a very big positive. That's exciting. Uh, in this world today I think we're amongst the first few up and running so mm-hmm. that's so <clears throat> pretty happy about that. That's going on. Were you out uh, today? I was out today. Sunshine Village, opening day. Day one. How did that feel? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's like, I mean, we've we've had Norquay open, and we've had Lake Louise open. So mm. we've been on the board a bunch, which is good. But Sunshine's always like a good one because they've got a lot more natural snow, a lot more terrain to screw around with. So it was uh, it's fun up there, for sure. I love it. I'm so jealous. I think... Uh... <laughs> Mar talk just doesn't cut it these days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's humbling for sure. <laughs> yeah, the uh, by the time you get to the top, it's basically over for you. But I get a lot of thinking done on the chairlift. I feel. Yeah, and that, I mean that's what it's all about, right? You just go out there and play around and think about stuff and come home with a better mindset. I think. hundred percent. I hear that for sure. Um, so why don't you tell, uh, everyone a little bit about yourself? I remember, um, first meeting you and I think you were on your snowboard jumping off of rails at SMU. So tell the people Mm. who, who you are. Well, was originally Nova Scotian, of course. Mm. Of course, of course, of course. course. Been, uh, out in Banff, Alberta for a long time. Uh, was one of those classic stories that everybody has. You know, I moved there for a season. Guess <laughs> Never what? left, man. <laughs> yeah, 15, 15 years later, hell of a season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you're saying with Martok, just not cutting it anymore. Um, ben Yon was much the same for me. That was my home hill, and we would have met my one great year of university uh, at St. Mary's, where I you know, discovered a lot about myself and that I didn't want to be there and wanted to be out here. And, you know, fast forward, here we are. Nice. What were you studying at the time? Did you have anything that you were interested in or was it just? Uh, I mean, it was, it was kind of funny. I always had my eyes set on being a part of the snowboard and skateboard industry. I was just like, so in love with it then. And, uh, I figured, Hey, go to business school, get a business degree. They're going to let me do some sort of job. Um, so that was the, that was the goal. Uh, little did I know that you didn't really have to go to school to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many things I learned now that you didn't actually have to go to school for or pay a lot of money for. Hey, it comes up so much. I was just, uh, discussing that with a friend of mine on the way up to Louise. Uh, yes, two days ago. Uh, just like how much you can learn off of YouTube or, you know, the tools that we have, if we had them 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it just, it changes the way you educate yourself entirely. Yeah. I think I saw like, there's even new business programs on the computer. Like you just tune into all these things and you get a degree from like the top business guys in the world or something like that. So I'm like, well, I regret paying all of that money to go to Dallas. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
it, it is a substantial amount of money. That education doesn't come for free, but I mean, if you, I think what you learn is that if you work hard enough at just about anything, if you're showing initiative and that, those types of traits, anybody will take you on. You might just have to work for peanuts for a while, but mm-hmm. you'll, you'll eventually get to where you're going. <laughs> Definitely. So what does your life look like now? Uh, man, it's, uh, it's like this thing that I dreamed up, uh, when I was a kid and it is exactly like if I was just 15 year old me being like, okay, I want a little bit of that, a little bit of this, uh, it's pretty on point. I'd be pretty happy with myself as a, as a young kid. I think it said in my, uh, my grade six yearbook that I wanted to be a professional freestyle skier. I mean, Clearly that changed as soon as I discovered skateboarding and snowboarding, but, um, yeah, pretty on par <laughs> with what uh, you wanted got, to do. Yeah. I never got as far as the professional part of it. Um, but man, it's just, it's a dream to be able to live out here and do what I've been doing for as long as I've been doing it. Um, Definitely. Does it look like, um, like any structure or you just kind of like get up and get to, snowboard one day and then skate the next or is it just like kind of a whatever you want to do that day pretty much yeah that's uh i mean i always <laughs> i always wanted to build my life around being able to go skateboarding or go snowboarding at my own leisure um jobs work wasn't quite as important as what i did outside of work uh so you know whatever work I could find or whatever I was able to do to let me go and do those activities more and more and more and more was kind of where I had my sights set on. So anything from working at a skate shop, which was Root Boys or, you know, serving tables, bartending. I even ended up working in the snowboard industry for a little while, um, as a rep. And that's, you know, that was my education goal in university, but I got there a different way. Um, yeah, any anything so I can just do it more. <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. Um, I think like I dreamed of that life and just never really capitalized on any opportunities to go do it. So um, I think, you know, a lot of people probably dream of that life too. What's, what's the difference or like, how could you just go after it? Whereas, I mean, I know my headspace was, I know, like school and finances and all that sort of stuff kind of kept me in my lane, but how do you get the freedom to just go do it? I mean, yeah, it comes up a lot. There's so many, like, every now and then you get back from a trip or get back from doing something and you get messages from friends or people being like, oh, man, like, I wish I could do that. And it's funny because it didn't do anything. It just <laughs> it did less. <laughs> it kind of just, I mean, it, it goes against a lot of social norms, which I think makes people really uncomfortable is, you know, servers and bartenders and stuff get it a lot in town here you know well what are you doing next and it's like like what 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 are you going to do for a real job (laughs) it's like (laughs) this is is a job like i get paid to come here work hours just like everybody else just because it's not you know what looks good to people on paper Mm -hmm. so i I suppose it's getting past those social norms and you know accepting the fact that what you're doing you're doing it for a lifestyle rather than for what you look like as a contributing person in society for your your so-called job. (laughs) A hundred percent. And I, I'm like kind of appreciative that you said that too. Like, not that I like creep you on Instagram that often, but like all of your stories and all of your photos, you have the biggest smile on your face. So you, it seems like, I know, you know, social media can hide some stuff, but it seems like you're really doing what you're exactly meant to and passionate about doing. Right. Totally. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, my friends, God love them. They'll, they'll give me a lot of grief for my social media. Um, just cause it is one of those things. Like I, I very much put my life out there on it and I use it as a, a tool to, you know, get in certain privileges or like keep up relations with companies and whatnot. But yeah, it's, I mean, I like to keep it as honest as possible. Like I, I, not a lot of it is, taking it. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm pretty fortunate to be doing what I'm doing. And yeah, I, uh, yeah, it, 
I guess if it comes across that way, that's amazing. <laughs> it does for sure. And like, I mean, I talk to people all the time and like, I, I joke about it, but one of my most common phrases is like, can you quit your job? Is that like a financial possibility for you right now? Because, yeah. you know, you keep getting to the root of things and like, yes, they'll come in for like, I don't know, weight loss or pain management or something. And the really thing is they hate what they do every day and it like grinds them down, you know? So um, I'm mm-hmm. proud of you for going after your dreams, man. I tried. Almost got there. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely a dream to be like doing this every day still. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Uh, uh, definitely what I thought was the end goal was just not, it wasn't possible, but that's fine. It, it provided a whole lot more really cool opportunities and things. So. Yeah. So tell me about uh, like, would skating or snowboarding be your primary or do they like, are they equal? Uh, I mean, I was like, I've always said that I started snowboarding to do everything I wasn't capable of doing on the skateboard because mm-hmm. <laughs> skateboarding, I believe is probably, it might be the hardest sport in the world. It is just humbling and it, it, it'll kick your ass. Um, and not that snowboarding doesn't do that, but having your board attached to your feet is quite an advantage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I definitely excelled at snowboarding and became a much better snowboarder than I ever was a skateboarder, but I'm still every damn day trying to get better at skateboarding. And, uh, I, I talk a lot about it with some of my older friends that still skate. And some of us are like finding that we're at a, a better and a more progressive time in skateboarding than we've ever been, which is pretty sweet being on the yeah, other that's... end of it. Yeah. And what do you find for like the older end of, of skateboard? Like, I don't know. I always watched you guys and like Nick Cater and yourself go off those jumps. And like, my heart would just be like exploding out of my chest. Like they were going to break their neck. They were going to smash their face, you know, and the stuff you guys would try would just be like, Whoa. And it was so cool to watch. And like, definitely, you know, on screen watching all of these um, extreme athletes is, is amazing to us. So like, what's the headspace that you get into to like gear up for a big jump? I don't know if you so much do. Uh, I actually, uh, there was a new snowboard movie released a few days ago, uh, backcountry Corotta Whistler called the man boys. They have a really cool, like kind of throwback intro and all this. And at the start, um, there's a bit, a few bales and I forget who's talking, who the voiceover is, but it's like someone just eating it. And they're like, I don't really, I can't explain why you don't think about the consequences, but you just don't. Uh, so for whatever reason, you, you are dropping into whatever you're dropping into and you're hitting whatever you're hitting. You're not really thinking about what could go wrong ever. So I think that's the headspace. It's just kind of being clear. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> yeah. if it's just like a different breed of human. Like maybe the reason I couldn't do it is because I think of everything that could go wrong. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, the topic comes up a lot in skateboarding, like, um, in order to be a professional skateboarder or on a professional level, you, you gotta be a bit sadistic, man. Like the, the beatings you take and the things that you are willingly putting yourself through physically, like, and mentally, but the physical part is like, it's torture. Um, so you gotta be, you gotta be a different breed a hundred percent. It seems that way. Like that's what, I, how I see it. And it's so cool to watch, but it's like every time I'm like <laughs> holding myself, just thinking about the injuries that these guys are going to sustain. What about like, so for being on the back end, you're saying, and kind of like growing with the sport a lot, how do you um, see like longevity in it since it is, or it can be so brutal on your body? Uh, I mean, God, it's, it's a lot of mental willingness, right? Like your body does break down and everything does hurt. And of course there's so many things you can do for that um to prepare yourself physically uh i am not a model of that i I don't spend i spend virtually no time at all in a gym or uh i don't really have a off-season routine a workout routine or anything of that manner to prepare myself physically for it um so i i can't speak too much to it uh for me it's a lot of the the want to learn a new trick or the want to do something like that mentally outweighs uh, the physical pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And I don't know when that eventually gives up, 
<laughs> I think it happens at different age periods for different people, depending on how stubborn they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of that willingness. To Definitely. Just, the reward is, is so great. Yeah. Like and keeping going. Or something. <laughs> just, just so yeah, worth you know. it in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. And like, I don't know, from, from seeing things on a pain management scale every day or, or people in pain or people injured, it seems that population of like skaters, snowboarders, extreme sport athletes get hurt. What I would think to be the most, maybe I'm wrong in that, but um, it also doesn't seem like, you know, whether it's like a cultural thing, but there is a lot of like off season training and stuff like that. And maybe it's just as you grow or what level you're at, but do you, do you see that starting to enter the sport a lot more? Absolutely. Um, I was just thinking about that a little bit this evening, actually. Um, uh, thinking about this podcast and, and whatnot. Uh, the term athlete was never really a thing for me growing up in these sports. Like you were, In fact, you did it because you were probably good at some other sport, which was a team sport, where you were considered an athlete and pushed as an athlete. Um, and you turned to these other sports that weren't even really considered sports, more lifestyle choices that were, you know, they weren't team sports They were independent and you could do as you please. And there was no real pressure on you to excel or you just, you did it because it was fun. And you mm. get to hang out with your friends more. Um, but now, Oh my God. Like I saw an Instagram video this morning of this uh, kid in town that I know and he heard himself early season injury broke a wrist it looks like or something like that and he put up a story video of him like doing some squats and getting like staying in shape and uh, kids gotta be maybe like in his young teens or whatever and that would have never crossed my <laughs> mind ever um because there was no athleticism involved it was just if i got hurt when i was a kid i just wanted to hang out and play some video games and watch some skateboard and snowboard movies and just anxiously wait to get back at it. But now there's a lot of pressure to be an athlete because you can be an Olympian now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wild. <laughs> Do you think that has like changed the sport at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely there's, it's, it's interesting living in a, a ski town or a snowboard town. There's so much less interest uh, out of younger, talented snowboarders to just do that weird token move to a mountain town, be a snowboard bum type of lifestyle. Like you see a lot of them being coached and giving it a good crack. And if they don't make it, they just move on, hmm. which I, I've never even thought that that would ever be. A thing. <laughs> I thought everybody just wanted to move to a, a ski town and just go snowboarding for the sake of going snowboarding. Um, wow. And then if they were talented enough to, win some contests or film video parts. They just do that. But no, there's a lot of pressure to be, you know, the next big thing. Yeah. That's pretty wild. And I guess like, I don't know, it's even like, well, the NHL and stuff, the guys coming up now are so much faster, so much like off ice training and all that sort of stuff. So sports are evolving and um, it is interesting, like the love of the game or the love of the sport for just the sake of doing it versus like how far you're going to make it in it. Hey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. People will do it for a very short period of time now. And if they don't think that they're going to make a career off of it, they just stop doing it, which you know, it's wild in such a lifestyle based community uh, to see that happening. But yeah, the, the want to be an Olympian and have those dreams crushed. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. What's like, what's it like living in uh give us a glimpse of the, the snowboard town life. I know a lot of us probably would have liked to have, you know, had that adventure. Probably some people did, but what does it feel like long-term? Uh, I mean, amazing. Like yeah. there's clearly, I mean, before COVID it's a little different now because we don't get the same influx of people coming in and out uh, during the seasons uh, as we did years prior. But there's always, you know, a new batch of people and they go through this exact same thing everybody does. It's such a party town, man. Like it goes. And if you want to get tied up in that, which, you know, you probably should because it's a lot of fun. Uh, you do it, but it does chew people up and spit them out. Um, mm -hmm. And they they can't find 
the lifestyle here that is actually like the best, which is, man, there is no time of year that you can't do something awesome outdoors here. Like you can ski or snowboard, or we have a world-class skate park. Now there's biking, hiking, ice climbing, regular climbing. <laughs> like there's just, you, you can literally do anything here outdoors in your spare time. Um, and if, in the long term, if you do discover that and you start to take advantage of that, it becomes a town and a community and not just this, you know, weird little party hub <laughs> that everybody thinks it is. Yeah, I hear you. That's that's sweet to know, like the other it's almost like when you travel and stuff, when you uh, have locals show you around versus, you know, just trying to do all of the, the classic things that most people go there to do. It's it's such a game changer, right? For sure. And it's funny because there's like a thousand touristy things to do here and I still do some of them <laughs> and it's still great. And I still take pictures. Mm, it's <laughs> great, lot, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll walk across the new pedestrian bridge down the street from my house. And if it's, you know, a night sky or something, I'm still like, Whoa, Holy crap. I'm going to take a picture of this. <laughs> yeah. How many of those pictures do I have? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, at least you're taking it all in and enjoying it. You're outside all the time. Like there's nothing that I would enjoy more than being outside way more in my life. I would say, um, what about like gear and stuff like that? Like, are you really into, you know, like new technology in terms of boards and all that sort of stuff? Uh, I mean, yeah, the geekier side of me wants to know for sure. And I'm, I'm so thankful to be able to try new stuff every year. Uh, like thanks to my homie Jay at DC, shout out to Jay. He, you know, lets me try everything they're releasing and I take, you know, he lets me work demos with them, um, which a lot of other brands get to attend and I get to try boards and different brands and, you know, it's, it's always fun to see what's out there, but at the core of it, man, it's, it's all bindings. It's all boots, it's all snowboards and they all, everybody makes such a great product these days that, um, it, they all do what you want them to do. Yeah. <laughs> there's slight yeah, advantages, cool. there's slight technological advantages, of course, sometimes, but if you can ride a snowboard, you can ride a snowboard. It doesn't really matter what it is. That's true. And like, well, I think you commented on my re most recent snowboard that I got, but the one before I had, it was like 500 pounds. It felt like strapped to your feet. Right. And I don't think there was yeah. any like curve on the bottom at all, but it like turned the snow hot pink. So I was excited about it, <laughs> but this new one, it's just like, I don't do anything. I just like stand there and it kind of does most of the work for me, which is, I mean, like what, 10, 12 years in the difference in technology, but what are you seeing in terms yeah. of difference? Uh, I mean, yeah, if you don't up upgrade your stuff, uh, every decade, then yeah, you're going to know huge differences for sure. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I mean, for me, it's, it's like certain things to be able to test different sizes of different bases. Um, DC did this really cool, um, collab board for the Rude Boys 30th anniversary. They made this, um, it's basically one of their jib boards. So Classically, a jib board will have an extruded base. It's a cheaper base, but it's slower. Um, they took that board, but they put a centered base on it, which is a much more premium, quicker base. Uh, so that's a board that it's, it's very unique because it's, it's fun to have. It's really good to have a fast base on a really soft, like, parky board because that doesn't really happen on the cheaper boards. Uh, things like that, I'd notice. Um, but yeah, everybody's got the riding style and there's a bunch of different boards that are honed into those riding styles. So as long as you're within your little category, you're, you're going to have a blast. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty fair. What about like, um, like apparel, is there anything out there that's really cool right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so like uh, the trend that goes around with everybody that's young kids and the current trend here is like to look, kind of as homeless as possible. <laughs> they buy this, <laughs> they go thrift, thrift hunting like mad. And you know, if they got a good premium outdoor sponsor, they're probably pretty bummed out because <laughs> they're just rocking some like track pants they found at the thrift store and terrorists throwback. Yeah. <laughs> like anything they can get their hands on. Um, some vintage like Tommy Hilfiger shit. Um, but no, I mean, 
Man, it's it's the same across the board. Every company that's in it is making really dope gear. Um, I'm lucky enough to be on DC's program, and they've uh, they've got a higher line um, waterproofing called Sympatex. It's a lot like Gore-Tex, a little bit more breathable, a little bit uh, doesn't feel so much like a garbage bag to me. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Less rigid, um, and it comes in a packable series, so it all packs down in these little pouches. Um, which is really great to travel with. So when I went to Japan a couple seasons ago, it was good, like cut down space in my bag, but also great waterproofing because it's a little damp over there. So, yeah. What was Japan like? Tell me about that trip. Uh, it was wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> what a place. Was it the craziest uh, trip you've been on? Uh, it, it's up there for sure. I mean, it's, it's a bucket list for any snowboarder. It's like legendary pow, right? Um, uh, and we hit it and we got really good snow. I got to be there with my buddy Guillaume, uh, longtime friend that I've boarded with here for now going on 15 years. And uh, Maniki, who's the owner of Rube Boys, uh, met up with us. And uh, we met up with our buddy Jeremy, who makes these really cool, like, no boards. So he loves, like, their, their board building culture there. Uh, just, yeah, all, all the stars aligned on that trip. It was, I could go on about it forever. It was amazing. Was there like one crazy night that you guys have there or was it just like a series of wild events? Uh, yeah, it was definitely a series of wild events. We went to the snow festival in Sapporo one night when we met up with Miniki and that, that night got loose as hell for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave a lot of details out of that one. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can have a lot of fun in Japan. <laughs> That's so awesome. Where else have you been for snowboarding? Uh, I've been like down into the States a lot. Uh, Recent trips, I went down for uh, Holy Bully and Mammoth. That was a great trip. Um, lucky to have Snowboy Productions inviting me to events. They, uh, they build these really cool uh, events. They're just based on style and creativity. They're not contests. They're just gatherings of really rad minds and everybody shows up and they film, they take photos and they take advantage of these really unique builds. Like their building crew is the coolest. Like the things that they do are so neat. Um, and Holy Bully is their main event. Um, so I've been lucky enough to get invites to go to that. So I went to the one in California at Mammoth. And then uh, later that year went down to Australia for their uh, one down under, which is really cool. Uh, I bet that would have been insane. Yeah, it was wild. Um, yeah. Got to cool. visit a lot of friends down there that uh, when you live in Banff, you meet a lot of Australians. Like, <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> 50 plus percent of our population is Australian. And, um, yeah, so got to hang out with the crew down there and just go boarding in the Southern Hemisphere, which is always fun. I've always gone to New Zealand, so it was different. Nice to go to Australia. Cool. What about, um, like, what's the perfect setup for you? So everyone, I'm sure like snowboarders have their different perfect day, but like, what would be your perfect snowboard day? Oh man. Like I, I get so much like, <sighs> it's like you, you want to say like a powder day in the park because <laughs> you'd, you'd get shot in the middle of the street for saying your perfect day isn't a pow day. Mm-hmm. But I mean, goofing around Tell me with your, your friends. Secrets. <laughs> yeah, goofing around with your friends on and just doing the silliest shit uh, on a park day is as good to me almost as any pow day. But powder park, <laughs> when everything's just like nobody's in there, you can launch knuckles into pow. You can all the rails are sliding. We have this weird, unique problem here where our rails get sticky as hell all the time due to weather complications. But when it's snowing. The slick. <laughs> I would so imagine like, they would be. Yeah. Uh, goofing around with my friends on a powder day in the park is a weirdly ideal day. It's and the best day. Yeah. I might get hung in the town square for saying it's not just a classic powder day, but. Well, Maybe they won't listen to this. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll have to cut that part out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, leave it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, no, that sounds sweet, man. And I think like, yeah, whatever makes you happy. And I think it's good for like, you know, kids to listen to this too. I think snowboarding and like skateboarding and stuff is 
I like when you said almost like a bit of a lifestyle and that's kind of what seems what it seems like from the outside. Hey. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you sign up, like if you stick around skateboarding, especially into your twenties, you're going to be doing that for life. And it is by far one of the best travel tools I've ever had. Like bringing a skateboard with me to anywhere I've been in the world is it's instant friend. Cause it doesn't matter if you speak the language, color, uh, what sex you are, nothing matters. If you skateboard, you're, you're friends instantly. Like, and you will find a way to have fun. Um, so I've met and got to do so many cool experiences around the world just because of this like goofy little piece of wood on wheels. Um, I love yeah, that. That's so, such a good way to put it, man. Um, what about like, I don't know, we see the craziest stuff at the X Games and the Olympics now and like these, it seems like they're pushing boundaries that like, what are they going to do next? Kind of is kind of my thought process there. Do you see crazier stuff in the park with your buddies? Or is that really like the epitome when we look at these Olympic level guys? Well, we just don't, we don't have the facilities out here for that. Um, it requires a certain jump and a certain park to be able to do a lot of things that they do. Uh, for Canada, you're going to Whistler for that. And when you go to Whistler, you will see that every day. Like it is it is mind blowing. If you ride black park and you ride that chair and some of the stuff you'll see going down there on a day-to-day basis is world-class and it is what you see at those contests. Cause that's what they're training for. Yeah. Um, here you see less so of that, but you see progression a lot of different ways. Um, we have a really cool, uh, street program, I would say, I guess, program is a bad way to put it like a street culture um calgary gets a lot of snow it gets a lot of coverage for street spots so people will come from all over the world to film video parts in calgary um right now it's in some good hands there's a couple of twins uh finn and jj westbury they really seem to be uh mom and dad of that scene right now uh and yeah it's you see progression in the street level and film project snowboarding like crazy out there. Uh, it's just, it's different. It's yeah. Not, not what you would see. I guess next games runs real street. So you'd, you'd probably see a lot of it on there, but uh, yeah, it's not the, not the stuff you see every day on TV. <laughs> That's fair. What about uh, like, is it the same as other sports? So like, I don't know. My best comparison would be for the NHL. There's so many good hockey players out there. There's so many talented kids out there. Um, And obviously like only a few of them make it. It's like, is it even harder to make it in the snowboarding game and skateboarding game? Would you say? Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) There's just so many more people doing it. Yeah. And I mean, like if you're a standout skateboarder, you got a better chance just because skateboarding is kind of, it doesn't have an elitistness to it. I suppose in like maybe for like half pipe it does, but you can, you can be poor in skateboard and be really good at it and make it no problem. Or I shouldn't say no problem because it's so hard, <laughs> but snowboarding unfortunately is a bit more elitist. It requires money, man. And if you want to make it on a competitive level, you got to be traveling around the world to these resorts to do, to ride half pipe or ride these world-class slope style events or whatever. And unfortunately, if you don't got the cash to do it, you probably, unless you are one in a million talent, you you ain't going to make it, Um, which is, it's kind of sad. And um, I'm pretty grateful to watch because we do have that really good street culture. Uh, You, you see a lot more kids building a career out of that, that don't have those financial uh, advantages, which uh, I appreciate that stuff a lot more than, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better term, kids with their hockey parents paying yeah. their way through snowboarding, essentially. And yeah, it's, it's not to take away from their talent. You, you still gotta be, you still gotta be able to do it, but it is a very distinct advantage to have that money behind you. If that's where you're going. Yeah. And it's almost like, um, well, kind of like anything, when anything is too easy, you lose that grind or like maybe a little bit of the hustle that got you there in the first place, or that gives you kind of that, 
weird rare skill set hey yeah yeah exactly um but yeah there, there's all where there's a will there's a way for sure but um sadly in snowboarding money can be quite an advantage sometimes uh just because it can get you places and get you in front of a camera or in front of you know whoever might be watching and that might get you a sponsor might get you you know a better foot in the door than someone who can't afford to go to that event or that contest or whatever. Yeah, it is true. So like from snowboarding to bread making, how did that happen? <laughs> I got time on my hands, man. Got <laughs> <laughs> all this free time. I might as well make bread. That was like a huge craze over COVID, but you were happy. You were doing it before COVID. Yeah. I was, I was lucky to already be settled into that hobby. So, um, I had even more time substantially to do it. Uh, more more bread than I knew what to do with. But <laughs> no, I mean, you're always still going to find hobbies. You got to, you know, if you got time, you're going to find ways to practice whatever new hobby or new creativity, creative outlet you come across. For me, it happened to be baking at that time. And I can't exactly say why. My, my best theory is that uh, for a little while, a friend of mine, uh, let me watch in and help him uh, distill some booze for a little bit, uh, which you need a garage and you need some space to do. And I don't have those things at my house. So another thing to do that has to do with fermenting, making bread. <laughs> making bread. And you're getting all in. Are you still doing it much? Yeah. Uh, definitely a little bit more now. I broke my wrist back. Well, I broke my wrist back in June. I got surgery about six weeks ago um, to get that put back together. So uh, you kind of need, you need two limbs to make that bread and need <laughs> yeah, the dough a, with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> labor of love. Yeah, exactly. And I was lacking a bit of love. <laughs> so That's uh, fair. are you going to get back into it once your arm's healed up or are you kind of onto the next adventure? Oh, no, I made a great loaf the other day. <laughs> we're, we're back. Um, no, whether I want to do anything with that commercially or whatever is to be seen, but it's it's a fun hobby. And I mean, I just love cooking in general. So it's like, it's nice to just do more of that stuff. Yeah. And Chew Bread had a great ring to it too. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's not the name I chose. It's the name of the people chose. <laughs> it was mandatory almost. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to get away with any other name for it than that. Definitely not. What else are you into? What else keeps your time up there? I mean, it's like seriously, snowboarding and skateboarding are ever consuming for me. It's, it's, I, I can't even think of like, like a, just like any other normal person, I like to play some video games, maybe watch some movies, do a little bit of partying, like, but everything is for some sort of weird way, just tailored to make me be able to go skateboarding and snowboarding. <laughs> so <laughs> those hobbies are the consuming ones. Whatever else I love falls it. In, be in between isn't so significant, I guess. So like for most sports or in my experience for most sports, we usually like taper off. So like, maybe it's because of lack of um, opportunity and stuff, but like, I don't know, men's beer league hockey just isn't the same as, you know, what it once was. Uh, what about yeah. like snowboarding and skateboarding doesn't really seem to like have that. Like a lot of people still continue to do it and, and have find so much joy in it. And um, for you, like what keeps you motivated towards it? Is it like really getting better each day or is it more so just like the love of the sport? Uh, I mean, it's a small combination of everything, but, uh, the community, like my friends, man, like I wouldn't, the people that I've met and the people I get to snowboard and skateboard with are just as instrumental in me wanting to do it as any other part of it. Uh, it, I just get to go have the best time with my friends most days. And I say most days cause you know, not every day is going to be a perfect day, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, that's, I guess, the biggest motivation. And then, you know, different to other sports, like you said, beer league hockey, people, it's just not the same as when I used to play AAA or whatever the hell. I don't, I didn't play hockey. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a great guess. That's uh, what it is. Yeah. Whatever they used to do. Um, 
there's n- there isn't that with skateboarding and snowboarding. If you can do it, you can continue to progress no matter how much you want. I mentioned it earlier, the conversation with my friend Jay. Um, we're, I still, like, I'm probably a better skateboarder than I've ever been in my entire life on a technical basis. Like, I'm not nearly as brave as I was when I was a 15-year-old kid trying to jump off the biggest thing I could find. But technically, I'm better. But it's because there's no... There's no one telling you you can't progress or you can't do any more. Whereas, you know, if maybe there's a ref in beer league hockey that's telling you you can't hit someone as hard as you used to hit them or, <laughs> you know, the play is brought down to a level that everybody can, you know, still take part in. Whereas there's, there's none of that, especially with skateboarding. You can just do whatever you want. <laughs> there's no yeah. one telling you. To not unless it's a spot with security or something along those lines. Where you're not supposed to be at all. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. And like the sport itself is so fun to watch for onlookers. And like it seems that there's so many young kids coming up. And I mean, in my world, I just see a lot less of extreme sports kids, but I think that's just I I also I don't think a lot of them are coming in to see a naturopath either, or maybe it's not like, you know, disseminated into the extreme sports culture yet, which is wild to me because I feel like it would be a perfect avenue. You know what I mean? To start to incorporate some of the natural medicines for you guys. But do you see anything Mm -hmm. or do you hear anything on that front? Uh, I mean, yeah, my, like my ex was really into like natural medicines and stuff like that. And she actually found her uh, diploma here the other day, but she studied a bit in that and I talked about it. I mean, the thing with like most skateboarders, especially, and then snowboarders as well is just kind of stubborn ass people set in their ways. Like that's why, you know, especially in the older generations, they're not dudes that typically go to the gym or do that type of thing. They just, they go skateboarding because they like skateboarding. They didn't do it to be physically fit or the next big, athlete or take care of themselves they just like skateboarding (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so you don't really think about those things but as you get older it's smart too and you know clearly eating healthier and taking care of your body and any practice in that manner is going to help you be able to do the this thing longer there's there's no denying that at all (laughs) That is a fact for sure. Have you kind of like taken any strides towards your personal health in terms of like optimizing longevity? Oh man, I'd love to say that I have, but I definitely have not. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've dabbled in the programs and I mean, I like to stay active. It's I, I can't sit in the house for too long. I go crazy. Quarantine was a, a struggle. Luckily, uh, we had a ramp to skate. And by we, I mean me going there by myself an hour or so every morning to just waste some energy. Um, I mean, if I can go outside and do something healthy to keep myself active and going and going and going, that's, I guess, like Banff itself is my gym pass. Um, but yeah, I try to not eat like crap and not buy crappy food. And, you know, I'm still gonna, because <laughs> one, I'm either lazy or two, I just want a really bad cheeseburger or something along those lines. Um, but just a general degree of trying to practice as much moderation as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. What about, um, like, do you feel your body giving way on you? Do you feel like you get hurt more often? Do you feel like the recovery process like isn't as good anymore? Mm, I mean, the healing process has definitely slowed down a little bit. Um, mm. Things ache for longer and they ache a little bit more, <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say there was, was it two or three seasons ago now? Probably about three seasons. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a guy in town uh, want to try out a bit of a personal training program on me. So uh, he run, ran the local CrossFit gym. Uh, it, so he just used the facility to kind of, he designed a tailored program for me just to try and get me ready for the snowboard season. It was my first experience with that ever. Um, did it for four months and then led into the snowboard season. And 
man, I felt good. Like I was, I was strong and I was a lot stronger than I'd ever been. Um, so I, I can see why people do it, uh, for sure. I'm just, I don't know. I got, I get bored with it. So I just never went back. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Cause yeah, for, you know, all of that outside of training stuff, there's, it doesn't really seem to be a cultural thing in snowboarding and skiing. Well, skiing maybe a little bit more, but I don't know the sports well enough to say one way or the other, but um, what about like, I kind of want to go back to this headspace thing. And, and if you figure, if you feel like it's for, if everyone feels the same way. So I remember like the old um, company, what was it like? No fear or something like that. And it's <laughs> oh, literally, yeah, yeah. do you remember the eyes that uh, like some guys oh, have a tattooed? Yeah. 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 Um, but like that literally, yeah, that's what it looks like for you guys. And like, I just, I wish I could put it into like words what happens. So like, and maybe you could do a better job of this and I could like, is your mind literally blank when you're about to do something crazy? I mean, no, as you get older, you do tend to like weigh your consequences a little bit. Like you can choose to maybe try one brave thing. And if you get hurt, you might not be able to snowboard for, you know, months on to years, or you could just not do that thing and do something a little bit less rewarding and continue to be able to stay on your board every day. Um, and those thoughts definitely go through your mind more as you get older and as you're doing it more for yourself and less so for, you know, media or contests or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say it's completely blank, <laughs> but there's all, there's also that little kid in there being like, Oh man, if you learn this, this is going to be cool as hell. <laughs> like, going to feel so good. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that. What about like, um, yeah, exactly. Kind of like you said, for videos and for competitions and stuff like that, do you go way to your element sometimes or would it have to have been something that you're confident in being able to complete? Uh, I mean, it's, they're two entirely different things for sure. Uh, I mean, contest wise, like if you're doing slope style contests, you have your run and you've practiced it and you've practiced it and you've practiced it and you've practiced it. Chances are you're like so OCD about it that you might listen to the same song that you're super into every single time you drop into that run and you're, you're in that rhythm and that headspace. But for like video parts or filming and that type of thing, it's, you know, you might, every spot's different. It's always going to be pretty random. So there's no, I mean, some people will maybe punch their board in the same manner or adjust their hat or whatever there's there's huge levels of ocd especially bridging into more dangerous things like street snowboarding or skateboarding that you know <laughs> if you feel like you didn't rub your eyebrow the right way you might really goof this one up <laughs> superstition i love it yeah. uh for like if making videos and stuff like that are, is it usually they're like can you do this or is it like go do something cool and we'll film it oh no i mean video that's why so many people love the culture of filming video parts. It's just, that's up to you and your own personal boarding and your own personal creativity. And, you know, typically it's, you know, everybody's got that filmer, that photographer, that's like, you should do this. <laughs> this would look crazy. And you're like, man, that's deathifying. I don't want to do that shit. But it's, you know, it's all creativity, which is, so, so liberating. You, uh, everybody's passionate about their video parts because it's pretty much just putting themselves out there. This is, this is what I think of the world of snowboarding and this is how I do it. And so, yeah, it's, there's no, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. How do you like come up with new stuff? Uh, I mean, it's whatever, genre of snowboarding you find yourself to be better at you kind of you're always thinking about it i remember me and my my old roommate jared um we used to sit around and this was when skate one came out uh ea skate best snowboard game ever made because <laughs> the shout big out to EA. <laughs> yeah shout out to ea skate make ea skate four please um yeah the big air portion of it was like it, it emulated snowboarding so well. Uh, so we used to sit around 
and just like try tricks on this game, different grabs, different tweaks with different spins. And then we'd go up jumping the next day and, you know, try out a few of those things or whatever. So, and then we were super into jumping, but if you're a rail guy, street border, you're just, you're driving around and where most people see just a stair set, you see a stair set with a handrail and a wall that you could probably jump from that wall to that rail to that. <laughs> you see that creative part of it. So visions coming into your mind, like, could I make this? Yeah. Could I do this? That's pretty yeah. cool. It's just like looking at the world in a different way a little bit. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a little chunk of snow isn't just a little chunk of snow. It's a little chunk of snow. You could, you know, bop your board off of and maybe do a back one or something. You know, it's just, you look at everything as a creative outlet and how you could use your board on it. And is like, I don't know if cool is the right word, but like when you're with your buddies or when you're looking at new moves and new tricks and stuff, like what defines cool, like originality, like air, or is it like a combination combination of everything? I think that's, I mean, everybody's got their opinion, right? Everybody, you know, kind of favors one thing over the other. They might like jumping more than they like rails and they might like half pipe or they might like powder or so I guess nothing's like the coolest. Um, and it's just, it's really fun to see people that are talented at their own respect of whatever it may be like watching a really talented transition or half pipe rider ride that stuff. Oh my God, man. Like that is just incredible. Or, you know, someone who's especially technical on rails. Uh, there's a kid out here. I shouldn't say kid. He's man. He's Kale <laughs> Hill. He's just this technical friggin' wizard. Like the guy can do things and move his bodies in ways that it's just like, you can't physics don't make sense on it, but, uh, he's he, doing it. he would, he would look at a rail and see it entirely differently than I would. Um, which is it's super cool. It'd be cool to be in his brain for like one second just to see what he's seeing. I don't know, man. I'd be scared to be in Kale's brain for one second. But <laughs> as long as you're guaranteed an exit, it might be okay. But <laughs> yeah, I got what, the world. <laughs> what about um? So like, video games and stuff obviously had an impact on like your performance in some respect. What do you think uh, will happen down the line with like virtual reality and stuff? Oh man, I wonder. It's it's funny because like as a super geek, I know like where the state of VR is right now as far as the gaming culture is concerned, and it's just kind of sitting in limbo. It's not really like making any great advances. But um, yeah, I mean down the line, hell, you might be able to just sit in a headset and do whatever you want, which is kind of terrifying. But <laughs> it's so terrifying. Like I listen to Joe talk about it with like I don't know every second guest or whatever, and the points that he's bringing up are terrifying. Like there's people that are just going to be locked in forever. Like they don't even want to participate in society, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's. I mean, I love it as like an outlet. Uh, I mean, being able to play video games with my friends during quarantine was amazing. I could wake up, make a coffee, throw my headset on, and I'd be chatting with, like, four of my best buddies and just dorking around. But, man, if I can go outside. <laughs> the cool, uh, like, crisp air in your face is a game changer, hey? Yeah, I prefer to be, be outside, but sometimes you can't. So yeah, I just had a guy on... I didn't like um, post the podcast yet, but the last guy that I talked to um, is really into eSport performance. So oh, crazy. Yeah, he's talking about like how these guys are, we're trying to like improve mental cognition and mental function for eSport athletes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that wild? And like... I'll give that one a listen for sure. Yeah. They're talking about like how... Um, there's like training regimes that he can put in place. So like getting up at certain times while training or while playing video games, like increases oxygen to the brain. So like you can actually play longer, play more cognizant essentially. And then like, you know, certain times if you fed yourself throughout the video game, cause I'm assuming I've the only people I've seen play video games, basically like blackout into them for hours and then come back for air. Yeah at some point but yeah. like imagine we fed you and kept you hydrated and like allowed you to sleep oh functionally God. 
What a game changer those would be, hey? Yeah, maybe I have been going about this life the whole wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) We need to chat. There's so many things that we can chat about to make you feel better. Um, What about like, so I know like I probably solved most of my life problems on the chairlift. Would you say Mm -hmm. like you have a similar experience or do you more so like, like the camaraderie of whoever's on there with you or what's your headspace there? Oh my God. Yeah. No, I go, I go snowboarding by myself all the time. Uh, It's like, it is just a sense of euphoria, euphoria just sitting around on a on a chair on the rich man's flying couch, as my roommate Dan calls it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. I mean, it's been a sport that has helped me through the toughest shit I could have ever imagined in my life, and I've not had it very hard. Like I've. A lovely family. Life's been pretty cruisy, um, but I have hardships just like anybody else. And my outlet for that also happens to be snowboarding or skateboarding. Um, both of those things, and I'll do them by myself. And yeah, it's it puts me in a headspace where just literally nothing else matters, and I don't even end up thinking about those things. And that's more therapeutic than trying to think about them or something out it's I go and do that respected sport and it just erases everything and it doesn't matter what's going on yeah I feel like um I don't know if you feel the same way but I don't even feel like I'm being distracted from my life when I'm snowboarding I feel like stuff is just getting solved and I'm not really like overly thinking about it do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> you're solving life's problems and you're not even working for it. You're just yeah. yeah, exactly. And like th- things are going to be okay, you know, or just uh, when the, it sounds cheesy, but that cold air hits you and you're starting to get like a little bit cold and you're like, do I pack it in? And you're like, no, definitely not. I want to go a few more, you know? And it's just like, you know, you can endure and you can, can push through things. It's just, I don't know, a really nice feeling of calmness. I get out there for sure. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's there's just a thousand thousand therapeutic things that happen when you're out there but yeah needless to say i guess if you have fun it's <laughs> it's the ultimate fix yeah you know? definitely is there uh, with or without people <laughs> yeah I, I find that too i've never snowboarded alone before but i went a lot uh two years ago and just because like there was nobody here to go with and i was like wow this is this might be even better actually yeah it is really nice for sure. What about like Spotify playlists? Is there anything that we should be checking out right now? Uh, I mean, I have this hilarious one that I built. I was just bored uh, uh, at the bar where I worked at uh, for a little while. And I made this list that's just a throwback to like all my favorite snowboard parts. So it's just a, I don't know how many songs are on there now, maybe a hundred and some, but it's all from snowboard video parts. And hilariously i don't know it's just because of the algorithm or what people type into spotify but i think it's got somewhere around like 500 followers which is doesn't seem like much but considering my next closest playlist that has eight followers so this is a good one yeah that one that one really strikes a vibe with a lot of people i think (laughs) tell us what it is you can have 509 followers maybe (laughs) uh snowboard movie tracks okay yeah. I'm gonna write that one down. I always loved those movies. My cousin uh, worked for Pro way back in the day, and he would he made these like hilarious skateboarding videos and stuff like that. And the music was always the best. And like big air snowboarding yeah. videos, you're just like, oh, I want to go do something wild with my life right now, you know? Yeah, and I mean, man, hope snowboard movies never go away. That's just like whoever edits it to their own style to whatever music has just been my like well to go to for music my whole life it it was like the reason why I started listening to rap was snowboarding I watched a snowboard movie and I didn't like rap up until that point and I saw this part and I was like oh my god like rap music rules (laughs) yeah I don't even think I was allowed to listen to it but since it was like my cousin's movie you were allowed and I think there was a couple like swear words in the in the in the songs and i was just like can i keep watching and they're like yeah because it's family you can watch it and i was like okay great and then you just get addicted to that right yeah yeah for sure 
Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for like sharing your time with me. Like I really appreciate you chatting and um, I always like to kind of add the podcast on one question that, or like, what would you tell, you know, young snowboarders coming up and um, do you have any like things that have really worked out well for you that you would kind of encourage them to do as well? Man, just move to a, move to a resort town, move to a snowboard town. You can, you know, you can get an education later in life or maybe not even (laughs) and still be successful and you will meet some of the best people. And I mean, to me, people are everything. Like uh, I've invested my time and my money into just getting to know more people and all the people around me and nothing has been more fulfilling and more rewarding than, than that. And that's what moving to a resort town just to be a snowboard bum did for me. So, uh, I would say, yeah, do that. If you like it, just don't worry about what everybody thinks you should do for work. Just go have fun for a little bit. I love it. That's huge, man. Where can people find you? Do you mind if they, uh, go look you up? Yeah. Look me up. I ain't got no private accounts. <laughs> uh, John P. Chu, J-O-N-P-C-H-E-W uh, on Instagram and Jonathan Chu on Facebook. Don't, I don't TikTok. I don't do any of the other stuff. I'm just, just about that Instagram life. Yet. Who knows what's coming around the bend for you? Yeah. I might be getting too old for it. that's fair well thanks again man i really appreciate talking to you and it's um it's been a while but it's always so lovely to catch up anytime